Vinegrins. Bindrins are really great, and I've had a lot of fun with teaching classes on Bindrins, utilizing Bindrins, and giving Bindrins to folks who need them for healing or prosperity. And they're a lot of fun and great use to help us uh, in the types of things that we want to get done in our lives and help us focus our intent and to help us remember what it is that we're working for. And I'm hoping that this will be a nice primer for you, something to help you get started with creating bind runes for yourself, for your friends, for your family, and to be able to help you focus that intent and get that going out into the world. So let's get going. So what are bind runes? Well, bind runes are a combination of two or more runes to create a symbol, a sigil, or a talisman. And this talisman uh, is something that you can use on your home or in your wallet or on your desk at work or in your desk at home, things like that. The purpose of bind runes are to create the symbols to focus and release the energies of the runes that you select and to influence or impact the actions uh, in the universe. So this is things that we help to supplement the things that we want to accomplish for ourselves. One thing to remember about bind runes is that the bind rune itself is not the end of the working or it's not the way to get things done. We have still have a lot of, of responsibilities because the bind rune is just part of the process. It's one of our tools in our toolbox as we're trying to make things happen. So if you create a bind rune and you think, okay, that's all I have to do for a new job, but that's all I have to do and I don't have to do anything else, that's not entirely true. There's a lot of things that you still have to do or we still Still have to do in order to enable the bind rune energy to be effective and work in our lives. So the bind rune is going to help unleash those energies and kind of help pave the way for those things to happen or help us to be able to see those opportunities um, that come up that will help us enhance and do what we want to do. Bind runes also act as a visual cue to help us focus that intent. We're going to talk a lot about focused intent and energies and releasing the energy so we'll probably hear that a lot during the, the course of the podcast but the bind runes give us that visual cue so when you have that bind rune with you all the time or when you see that wherever you place it that's going to help remind you of what it is that you're working on and maybe help you take that moment of meditation and focus that energy again or to, to renew that energy or to kind of push that energy along and give some extra empowerment to it kind of like recharging it it helps us to clarify what it is exactly that we're looking for, what exactly it is that we want. If you just say you want a new job, a new job might come up, but maybe it's not one that's going to utilize all your skills or one that you really want, but it's a new job. The work was done. So creating a bind rune is going to help you to really figure out what it is you want and direct those energies in a very specific way so that we can access and accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. So let's talk about some of the ways to use bind runes or what some might call the ethics of bind rune use and making sure that we use them for the right purposes and really benefit the things that we want to do. There is a school of thought or a process that talks about not wanting to or not using bind runes or magic on people or, or for people or on behalf of people without their knowledge or against their will. While this is inherently a good thing to keep in mind, sometimes the bind rune or the magic that we do will affect other people with or without their consent. Because what we're doing is, is we're creating pathways and we're trying to move energy and allow it to move around so that we can accomplish will. 
uh, accomplish things for our, ourselves or for a greater will, for the country perhaps, or for your kindred or uh, a group of people or your company, things like that. So a lot of times when you do manage, when you send things out into the universe, it is going to affect other people. So try to think about that as you create your, your bind rune, as you create your magic. And if you are going to be using a bind rune for a very specific person, take into a lot of account. There's a lot of responsibility and a lot of consideration about what that is for and why you're doing that. Because if you want to bind a person in a love spell, that can cause a lot of problems because you're actually working against their will. However, if there's a person who is dangerous or trying to cause you harm, then you want to create a, a bind rune or a spell that's going to help protect you and prevent them from seeing you or doing things like that. So there's a line in there, and I caution and say really be careful when you're creating those types of things so that the working is done with integrity and with the right reasons and the right purposes. A study of ancient magic, magical use in many cultures shows that magic was used in instances to help win battles. So you're using against that king or those those forces to manipulate situations to the favor of the person doing it. And there's all sorts of examples about divination, magical and talisman use from all cultures, from the ancient Greeks to the Celts to even into the Nordic tribes. We have a lot of examples of those in sagas and lore from all of those cultures showing that those things happened. Sagas and lores also show how the gods and goddesses use magic and divination to manipulate people and situations to accomplish their own goals. So we have some examples of that happening. And what we're just cautioning here, what I, what I caution you today is whenever you do this type of stuff, to just try to do it with the best of intent for the best purpose, the greater good. So the greatest lesson we can learn from those sagas and, and tales and those stories is responsibility. Be responsible with how you use the magic and the bind runes. This is also the reason why we really want to be careful and really craft what we're doing with very specific intent, with very specific desired results, and very specific ways to have these things happen. This way, we can try to avoid some of the unintended consequences, some of the consequences we don't foresee, such as in the movie The Craft, when she created a spell, she just wanted the guy to like her. The guy just became obsessive over her to the point where he got violent and almost raped her. So, of course, that's a very extreme, that's a Hollywood version of how magic works. But when we do do magic, we want to try to be sure that what we're sending out is for uh, good purposes and, and good intent and with integrity so that we can know that the things that are happening are for the right reasons. So let's move into the bind rune process. Bind runes can be created with any of the futharks, either the Elder, the Anglo-Saxon, Frisian, or the Younger Futhark based on which one you're working on, what your relationship is with them, and how you understand the meanings that they, that they represent. So find which one works best for you, or work within the system that you're most familiar with, and utilize that to create your bind runes. One of the most important parts is of whichever Futh arc that you decide to use is to just be familiar with those energies and how those energies are going to work, and 
pull those into the bind rune and the spell work or the, the magic work that you're creating with those specific energies. So let's get started. So the first part of creating a bind rune, the first part of the process is to determine the intent. What is your intent? What do you want to accomplish with it? And how do you want that energy to flow through to make it make sure that it happens? This is going to require a lot of thought. Sometimes it's not going to. Sometimes you're like, I need healing. So or, or a friend needs healing and you, and you know that. So you kind of know what you need to do to put together to make sure that happens. It's still good to craft some intent in there so you can get some good direction so that the workings can go in the right way. So put some thought into it exactly what you want, exactly what you want the bind rune to help you accomplish. Jot these down in notes. Write down sentences or a little story or just even keywords of the things that you want. This will also be used later to help you select which runes you want to use. Now, while you're thinking of your intent, your familiarity with the runes may bring some thoughts already into mind. You may be thinking, okay, I need I need Suello for this, and I need uh, Rido for this part, and I need Wunyo for this part. So those things are going to come up. Jot those down as well, because this way, when you go into the, one of the, the, the coming sections of creating your bind rune, you will have some of that work already done, and it will be ready to go for you. So jot down some things, jot down some notes, jot down keywords are really good, because keywords are going to help you get back to the runes that you want. Determine your intent is also going to help you determine what type of bind rune you want to create. There are different ways to create bind runes. Uh, you can stack them up on top of each other. You can create an image. The intent is going to help you to determine or to decide what style of a bind rune you want to create. And that's where we're going to talk about those types of bind runes. So there are many ways to design bind runes. I'm going to talk about a couple of them here. And if you have other ideas or you've seen other examples, then um, do what works best for you or what works best for the intent or for the, the platform that you're going to be using to put the bind rune on eventually. One of the ways is it can just be a vertical or a horizontal line where you just have each rune listed out or listed next to each other uh, it kind of shows like a an acronym or something of bind runes uh, and so that's one way and it can be uh, vertical or horizontal another way can be in a circle similar to the helm of awe where it's uh, a six or an eight pointed snowflake star uh, symbol and on the end of each one you add the bind rune so that's going to also help determine how many of the runes you want to use, unless you want to use the rune more often than than that. Or you could even do uh, an X, like 4, 6, or 5, or however you want to do it. So that's another option as well. Another way, is, as I just mentioned earlier, is that you can uh, stack the runes on top of each other to create a, a solid image. Uh, and this is where the runes will um, lay over each other so that part of the rune becomes uh, on top or beneath it and, uh, and you can find those runes in that way. And then the final way uh, that we'll talk about here is uh, to create a design or an image and then incorporate the rune shapes to create that image. For instance, if you want to create a, a, a money prosperity rune, a bind rune, you might want to shape it in the form of a dollar sign. Or if you're trying to get a 
create a home blessing binder and you may want to create it in the shape of a house or if you want to create a travel binder and you might want to create it in the form of a a horse or a wagon or a, or some sort of a vehicle and that's part of the visual stimulation there the the visual cues that you're providing yourself to help you remind you of the purpose of that bindering so as i said earlier creating your intent may help you decide which one you want to use uh, for instance, you may decide that you want to have a, a bind room for protection while you're traveling back and forth to work. And this is something that you want to attach to your keys. So you may just want to have it either in a horizontal or a vertical format so that you can uh, print it out on a piece of paper or a cardstock and laminate it or even on a piece of metal or something and attach it to your key ring. That way it's just always there hanging there nice little rectangular piece on your key ring that blends in and it's always there and it's giving you that binder and that visual cue of your protection. So after you've meditated and gone over your intent and got your keywords, got your notes out, and I encourage you to go ahead and maybe do this uh, as a process, uh, a meditation or a ritual where you just can really put a lot of thought and energy into it and ask the gods and ancestors for guidance on exactly how you want to craft this and move this forward get their wisdom and input because they have a lot of insight and wisdom to things that we don't beyond the physical realm and that can help us to create and direct and focus our intent into what's really going to be the most useful for us at the time so once you have all of that done now it's time to let's pick out the runes that we want to use or the the list of runes that we can use to to put this together. So as you go through your notes, uh, you may already have some runes written down. Go ahead and transfer those to a new piece of paper, or a new medium, and then go through your keywords and then find corresponding runes that will line up with those keywords or ideas. What runes are going to best support or enact those ideas or keywords that you have written down and transfer those over to that other list of paper there. And you may have a list of you know 10 10 or 10 or 11 runes or maybe even fewer uh, maybe even more i'm not sure but uh, we'll get to a point where we're going to narrow them down to exactly how many runes we want to use for the the bind rune but at this point what you want to do is you're you're narrowing your list down from all of that intent down to actionable basically actionable items what are the action runes that we can use to make sure that we empower our bind rune and accomplish our goal once you have that, it's time to select the runes. Bind runes work best when they have a very focused amount of runes. So typically four to seven runes can work best. Also, it kind of helps keep the bind rune itself from becoming too cluttered. If you were to attach 15 runes into a bind rune, that might be an indication that you haven't narrowed your intent down quite enough. What you want to do is you really want to focus the power of the rune energies. Narrowing it down to anywhere between four to seven, maybe nine, is a good good number to have. You could even do a bind rune with three runes or two runes if you wanted, but this way you can expand a little bit more, get a little bit more of that support and energy there with anywhere between uh, three to nine runes. While you're in your selection process, this of course is when you're narrowing down that big list of runes. This is when you're gonna find out what the most powerful ones are, which ones are speaking out to you, and that will determine about how many that you wanna work with. I like to use an odd number of runes, so three, five, seven, or nine. Those are usually the best that work for me. 
And I, of course, will say that that's your preference. If you work best with even numbers, then work with even numbers. One rune may work well with an even number, and one work one bind rune may work well with an odd number. So you've got to work on that as well and find out what is going to be the best for you and your working. And as you get more experience with creating bind runes, you'll you'll find where those energies lie and where those those consistencies are, where you find the most effectiveness with uh, the number of the runes that you're going to use. You may also decide that your favorite number is the amount of runes you want to use. So if your favorite number is six, then use six runes and see if that works out best for you. Or maybe you have two favorite numbers and you can work that out as well. You get the idea. While you're doing the selection of your runes, um, see how they work together and find the runes that are going to be complementary and empowering each other so that you can be sure that the runes that you're choosing are actually going to enhance the overall go and work towards the overall go. Some people think about negative runes such as Isa and Hagalas or Naudis and they think that, oh, you know, I can't use those because they're negative or they're bringing in the challenges or the things that I'm not really looking for. But you may find that sometimes those are necessary to help remove blockage, to open up that space for you. So for instance, some people don't like to use ISA because it's ice. It's bringing things to a slow, a very slowness or a standstill. But you may want to utilize that energy in your bind rune so that things don't move too fast. You may want things to move a little bit on a slower pace, or you may want to incorporate a a cycle rune in there like Yira so that it can work out over a period of time so that things can properly create themselves and work out in the right time. Sometimes things that can happen too quickly can create more problems or things that we can miss so that we're not really benefiting the most from them. So think about how the, the runes can work together to accomplish the goal and make sure that the things that you want to happen are going to happen. So now let's work with the narrow down list to design or arrange the bind rune into the shapes that you want to or into the shape that you want to use. Depending on the type of shape that you want to use that we discussed earlier, let's start arranging the the runes themselves. So if you're just going to go with a vertical or horizontal design, then we'll we'll get to that step here in a few seconds. But if you're going to do a stackable one or if you're going to do the shape of the bind rune, then now it's time to just start trying to work with them and see about placing them together so that you know which is the best shape that you want to have the final outcome to be. So for designing your bind room, now it's time to take the shapes and start putting them on top of each other or putting them together so that you can see what the overall outcome is. Now, the best way to do that is to just take a piece of paper and start drawing the bind runes that you've selected over each other until you come up with the shape that works best. So you may want to try different arrangements so that you can make sure that um, the runes that you're selecting are visible and that that's going to best reflect onto you and help give you the cue as to what all of those elements are within that rune. So you want to really make sure that somewhere within those designs that they'll be on there. If you're going with a shape of a rune or a shape-based bind rune, <laughs> sketch out basically what the shape looks like or maybe a couple of alternate shapes 
and then start trying to fit the runes into the shape to see how the best way is to make them come up. For instance, uh, if you're doing the shape of a horse, you know, what's going to be the feet, what's going to make the head, which rune will form the, the, the body and the legs. For instance, maybe Manaz is going to form the body and the legs, and you may utilize Wunyo for the head, the neck and the head, and you may utilize something like Urus for the hooves, or maybe even El Elhaz for the hooves. So there's different ways that you can do that. Just kind of get a basic idea of the shape and then see how the runes can best be put together to create and make that overall shape for your bind rune. You may end up having uh, two shapes that you like and you just may want to use both of them uh, to accomplish the goal or just narrow it down to the one that you like. So. Prior to transferring the final version of your of your bind rune onto whatever the medium is that you're going to store it on, be it paper or wood, metal, or plastic or something like that, what you're going to want to do is um, consider the order that we're going to place the rune, that we're going to draw the runes onto the medium. Uh, we're going to set them out in a certain order to help ground the energy, and power and enact the energy and then kind of lock it together. Those are the three things that we're going to do. And we're going to talk about that right now. Now that we have the final design of our, our bind rune, the image that we like the best, it's time to look at the order that we want to put the runes down to create the bind rune. And it wasn't necessary to know which order we were going to put them in while we were creating the shape because that's we were just coming up with the idea of the shape. Creating the order of the bind runes is is a method that I found very helpful that Anastasia Hazler of Tarot Pathways taught at a class in PantheaCon last year, and it was really helpful. And I find it's very, very cool to be able to do it this way because it really helps ground, release, and lock in the power of the bind rune. So it's three portions. We have the base rune, we have the middle or the body rune, and then finally we have the top or the locking rune. The base rune is kind of that. It's the first rune that we're going to set down. It's going to provide the grounding energy or the foundation. This is what all of the rest of the, the rune power is going to kind of rest on. It's sort of the, the driving force. It's the strength. It's the structure. The second is the middle or the body of the runes. And these are all of the middle runes that we're going to use. And these are the runes to keep the magic going. It's what's empowering the magic, what it's moving it along and helping towards the, the working and the intent. And finally, the top or the locking rune is the rune that's sealing it all together. It's, it's, it's the bookends. We have the, gro the grounding rune, the base rune, then we have the locking rune, and it's like a bookends. It's what's holding it all together. And this should be the rune that's going to uh, accomplish the highest aim or the highest version of the intent. So these are runes like Tiwaz, Uruz, Soelo, or Othala, or runes like that that are going to just kind of help make sure that the final intent is for the right reason and the, the final, the best purpose, the best goals. So you may want to figure out what's going to be your grounding rune, which is going to be your locking rune, and then in the middle and the body of the runes, uh, we're going to lay them down on top of it, but you want to kind of lay them in an order so that they will work together and enhance each other to help move it through towards the locking rune or the final intent rune. So figure out what those orders are and what the order of those runes are and then that's what, how that's how we're going to inscribe them onto the medium that you're going to keep it on. 
Now if you're doing a horizontal or a vertical design or even the wheel design, uh, what you'll want to do is figure out what the first rune is. That's going to be your base rune. The runes within the, the middle of the, the horizontal or the vertical lineup at, or the circle and then the final rune. Now if you're doing the circle, the base rune and the final rune will probably be right next to each other and then all the other ones will be in between. But this way you'll know the order and it will help you to um, move through that. It's like a sentence, it's like creating a sentence, it's a process. So that it kind of really helps to keep that all together or like I said earlier, it's it's the bookends, the base rune and the, and the locking rune are the bookends of the bind rune. Now while you're designing your runes, you may find that some of the runes are either reversed such as backwards or upside down or you may find other runes that show up within your creation. For instance, when you're creating the stacking bind rune, other rune shapes are going to come into being there. You're going to see other runes. This is where your personal view on the topic of reversibles and hidden or ghost runes is going to come into creation of your rune. Some people think that Reverse, reverse runes reverse the meaning of the runes. It means it's the opposite action. If Winyo is upside down, that means it's unhappiness. If Fehu is upside down, that means you're going to lose your, your prosperity or your wealth. So you have to determine, do you utilize reversed runes or not? I personally do not because I think that there's enough within all of the runes that reversing isn't necessary. So think about whether or not you are going to do reverse runes or not. If you do, then want to be sure that your runes don't fall in upside down. That to me is going to actually limit where the runes are because sometimes the aesthetic needs to have the runes upside down in order to to accomplish the design or the thing. So think about it. Uh, whichever you decide, I I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. What I'm saying is Decide for yourself what you're going to utilize and then be consistent. Use that all the time. Every time you use runes or every time you use bind runes, do it that way. If you change your mind in the future and say, you know what, I think this or that, then be consistent from that time forward and then that way it, it works good. That way the, the rune energies are going to work through your mindset consistently. Some believe that when runes show up in bind runes, that those also are bringing in that power. Personally, I don't think that because there's always going to be other runes within runes. For instance, Isa is in almost every rune, but Isa doesn't always impact the power of the rune. Wunyo is joy. It's not frozen joy. It's not diminishing joy or, or joy that's slow on a slow burn. So I think that when you're creating the bind rune, you are going to pull the energy of the runes that you want in there and utilize those runes in that power. Uh, the runes that happen to show up, such as Isa or Naudis may be showing up in something. If you don't empower that energy into the bind rune, it's not going to be there. That's my belief. That's how I work with my bind runes. Uh, other people may not think that. So determine how that's going to work for you and be consistent in that as well. If you think that the ghost runes are going to, or the, the hidden runes that show up are going to affect the bind rune, then I think that what you need to do is figure out why you're crafting the rune, how to minimize those effects, pull those effects out, 
pull that in that rune energy down to kind of dampen it down so that it's not going to affect the power of your bind rune. So let's move on. Now it's time to actually create the room, the bind rune and put it onto the medium or the platform that you're going to use to take that with you and, and keep that going with you. As far as the platform, my thought is whatever is going to best work for carrying the meat, the bind rune and reminding you of it is going to be what, what's going to work best for it. I don't think that not having it engraved in a piece of wood is going to diminish the effects of the bind rune. If you have it on a piece of plastic or you have it on glass or you have it on stone, I think that is going to be just as part of the the bind rune power as anything else that you can do it on. So but those are things that you have to determine for yourself because you want to put that energy into the entire piece after while you're creating it so that it will the entire piece will have uh, meaning and, and value to you. So remember this. Your intent empowers the bind rune. The medium of it, it's just the medium. It's just a piece of stone. It's just ink on paper. It's just a piece of wood that's carved. What empowers that bind rune is what you've done to it and your use of that as you do it to accomplish your will. That's what's empowering the bind rune. So let's go on to the actual creation of it. So you may decide to do this in a very formal ritual. You may decide to do this in a meditative state where you're just going to have a very, you're going to go into a meditative mood and that's when you're going to draw it out and make it happen. Or you may do something very quickly. I had a friend who was in the emergency room and stopped by to visit and I took the opportunity to grab a post-it note and a pen and I drew a a health bind rune for them using three runes and gave that to them and intoned and the runes over my friend so that um, health would would be that that they would be healthy and that they wouldn't be having any serious complications as a result and that I think that was very effective my friend greatly appreciated that little bind rune and keeps it with them now for uh, couple of days I'm sure but we'll be keeping it with them for a little while that just shows that the effectiveness of the bind rune can occur either quickly made because you're intoning it and you're, you've got the intent there or you can create a very elaborate and very ritualized process to do it now the greater the the time that you take to create it and if you go through a, with a big ritual process that's really going to help you focus and, and empower it and really send it forth uh, to to do that. So if you're going to do a big uh, a ritual like that, then make sure that every part of the ritual is very planned out and designed to uh, empower and enhance that purpose and that you have everything ready to go when you're when you're ready to do that. As you're creating the runes, the bind rune, and you're now going from the base rune through to the locking rune, carefully consider each one as you're drawing it out and writing it down or carving it out. Think about the energies that that rune represents. Think about the energy that you want to go through and intone that so that it can begin working and empowering itself towards that end. I also recommend that after you've drawn it down, intone it, sing it, galder it, pull that energy through you, through your voice, through the, the vibrations of your body, 
that is also going to help you connect with that energy and that power. And then just do that with each successive rune until the bind rune is complete. Once you've completed the bind rune and you have it there, it's set and ready to go on the, the medium that it's going to be kept on, meditate over it, think about it, think about all of its power, and then send it forth into the universe so that it can start working for you. After you've done all that, uh, if you're in a ritual situation or meditative space or however you've gotten to that point, close it down. Thank the gods and goddesses that you've called on to work with you on this or the ancestors that you've called on to work with you on, on this. And you're, you're all a collaboration now. You've, you're a group working together for an end. And uh, this bind rune is now part of that process. And that's where we come back to what we spoke about earlier. It doesn't end here. This process is going to keep going. Uh, you, We have a responsibility to make sure we do it. If you're trying to get a promotion or a new job, creating a bind rune isn't going to get you the job. You going out there and being the best employee you can be, uh, sending out those resumes, uh, making those connections the, with the people that you need to in order to get that done, that's also going to help it. What the bind rune is going to do is it's going to try to help put things in a situation where those those actions can be more readily available and it's just going to help create space for that to happen. So be sure to keep up our end of the goal, our, our part of the of the process. And the bind rune is just, again, a visual cue to help remind us and keep us focused on our intent. So once the bind rune is no longer needed, you can do one of many ways of uh, neutralizing it or, or destroying it or taking it out of use. So that can be done by ritual burning burying it, dropping it into a body of water, such as a lake, an ocean, or a river, or a stream, or something like that. So when you think the purpose of the bind root is complete and it's no longer done, send it back out, close down its energy, and and destroy the 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 actual bind rune that it was done on so that um, it can be complete and it's done. And that kind of brings us to the end of the bind runes. And what's really cool about bind runes is, is that anyone with a basic understanding of runes can, can create one and to use it. So really encourage understanding what the runes are, understanding those energies and those powers, and putting them together to, to form a, a great visual cue to help us really focus our intent. It's really mostly about focusing our intent, focusing our purpose, making sure that uh, we keep on track really appreciate you listening if you have any comments if you want to give any experiences with your bind runes or share your bind runes uh, you can share pictures of bind runes that you've worked on on uh, the facebook page or on twitter at weird gifts or on our facebook page and just look for gifts of the weird and those would be great ways to do that i created a coin with the Vanek boar on one side and a prosperity bind rune on the other side. And the bind rune is Elhaz, Ingwaz, and Fehu, which is one that I've created for prosperity. It pulls down the energy of the gods and goddesses into this, to Ingwaz for fertility and the seed of potential, which is going to manifest itself out into prosperity through Fehu. So um, I do have those coins. Uh, if you would like one of those coins, they're only $10. You can contact me and we can arrange to get you one. Um, they're really kind of cool to have. They're about just under two inches in diameter, made out of brass. They're great to have in your pocket or as a gift. 
So those are available as well. But um, I'd love to, to hear what you've done with Bind Rooms and how they've worked for you and how they've inspired you. And um, otherwise, um, email me at giftswiththeweird at gmail.com. And thanks so much. Thank you.